Welcome to those Vicar blokes and a special warm welcome back to Howell. Yeah, thank you. Been on yeah, holidays. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we missed you. Oh, sorry. I mean, we had a really good stand-in <laughs> for you. Lee was really good last week. And so he was, really. We didn't miss you that much, but, he, you know. Yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Was you, good, were, yeah. you weren't too keen on Eurovision, though, were you? That no. was the thing. That was pretty really But bad. it's nice to have you back. Should we tell them that what I bought to your house today? Yeah, you bought what? Tell them, yeah. Well, I've had to sit every time we do this podcast on this red fold-out chair called Jeff from <laughs> Ikea. Um Howell's got a red Jeff at my house. We've got a white Jeff and a black Jeff, but he's got a red Jeff. So I bought I bought a new office chair last week in Ikea in Bargain Corner. And so Bargain I, Corner, you're so tight. I am. It, you're it so was tight. a good buy. But this week I bought to your house for my benefit <laughs> my tired-looking um, office chair. So can I use that when you're not around? What? Be, not if you're going to wear it out. All right, fair but, enough, man. That should be all right. Yeah. So on this podcast, we'll be talking about the news, isn't it? What are we talking We're about? We're talking about immigration. Immigration, yeah. We're just going to tackle a little subject this week in the news, immigration. It's always in the news, isn't it's it? It's not divisive anyway, so you know, we won't, <laughs> it's we won't always, get in trouble with that. It's always in the news, isn't it? Yeah. It's just so... Yeah, okay, we're talking about that. What else are we talking about? Um, we're talking about Ascension, because um, Ascension Day was this week. That was on Thursday, yeah. And finally, we're talking about Blue Lights, one of Dave's cop shows. Another Dave. Another cop show. The cop shows come up almost as much as immigration, don't they? Yeah, really? they do, like, really. Uh, yeah. yeah, It's what we watch. So we have to sort something out to get something. But it's okay is Blue Lights, actually. I quite like yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, brace yourselves for the music. Hello. That was very loud. Yeah, it was. It, it <laughs> was, wasn't it? I leant forward too far. And you didn't say so either, did you? No, I didn't say so. No, I was. That's why there was a little pause, because I was going to say so. Welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Um, <laughs> welcome to those Vicar Blokes. Right. Who are you? I'm Dave Coaches. I'm Howell, the nerdy vicar. So what have you been up to this week then, Dave? Well, I, I've not been up to very much, but of course you've been on your holidays. Yeah, I so. was lovely last week, yeah. Yeah, what did you get up to? I uh, went on day trips. Uh, so we went to uh, Cotswold Wildlife Park and looked at some cute animals. The kids went to school and we went out on day trips. Ah, right. It was great. Nice. Yeah. So, yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah, it was all right. And we, uh, what else did we do? We went to Cardiff to uh, look at some record shops and stuff. That was record good. shops. Yeah, yeah. Spiller's record shop in Cardiff. Spiller's record shop. Yeah, you can go and get like proper vinyls and things like that, you know. So I've got uh Eurythmics um nineteen eighty four, the the soundtrack to the film. Oh right. Vinyl. Okay. That's good. Yeah. You need to be educated on I didn't music. Think, yeah. I didn't think you'd be a Eurythmics fan. I like Eurythmics. Yeah, yeah. I grew up with Eurythmics. Yeah. It was um It's um Double Plus Good is my favourite song on that. It's quite a good uh, good album that. I watched Eurovision. We had a big do in the house for Eurovision. Did you? Yeah. I couldn't believe we talked about Eurovision last week. Well, we had to talk about Eurovision, didn't we? It was Eurovision week. But you don't you don't even like it very much, do you? Well, I watched it all the way through. Well, oh, I, was I watched so... it all the way through and we came second last. I don't care about us because we always come last. I, I cared about we were... It was such a nightmare, right? Because my favourite song... I can play it now, can't I? On, on YouTube. Here it goes. Here it is. The Finland guy. Yeah. Well, it's brilliant. Well, yeah, it's it's good. I thought he, I thought he'd win because <laughs> he, he fitted Eurovision, didn't he? It wasn't only the fact that it's quite a catchy. Cha cha yeah, cha 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 cha. They've been playing it on um on Radio Two every morning on the guy who's covering for Zoe Ball. Oh, mate. I love yeah, it. It's, it's good, brilliant. Yeah, that. I like it's, that. But I was really gutted that the the sensible song won, and that was boring. Yeah, it was a little bit. Boring. I like the I like the silly songs. And, Sorry, Lorraine, didn't mean it. Oh well, you know, and um, and I and I turned out as well. You know, the Germans who came last, right? Yeah, we're going to see them because they're supporting Iron Maiden in July. So oh right, yeah, yeah. See them. Iron Maiden got a good support act then. Well, yeah. Yeah, I thought they were all right. Blood and glitter. That was no, all right. Well, yeah. shame, shame. The rest of Europe didn't agree then. Well, it's those poles in it. So you know the what they called the uh, Teddy. No, sorry, not the pole. I mean, 
I mean the Jewry, sorry, yeah, the Jewry. Oh, right, the yeah, Jewish, the Jewry. Not, the not the Polish people, but the <laughs> Poles. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so that was, uh, I enjoyed myself there. Uh, I, I, I love Eurovision, it's great. I couldn't believe that last week. You were not enthusiastic about it enough. And my missus even coloured her um, nail polish. It was blue and uh, and white for Finland. And right. We were, like, we were cheering for them so big time, yeah. Yeah. It was a bit, a bit rough on Sunday morning, though. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it was that bad, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. A, it was a did bit. you did you do the Eurovision bingo thing though and have a shot every time somebody came on and said, It's been a fabulous show, you've done you know No, I did that. Uh, yeah. I did that about uh six years ago and said I'd never do it again. Yeah, I yeah, got... not something you want to do more than once, is it? No. Your liver can't take it more than once. <laughs> you're probably able to do it twenty years ago, but I can't now. Now you're old. No, now I'm old. No. So what's in the news this weekend, Dave? Um well what we're looking at in the news is the migration figures. Um Rishi's been on today talking about migration. Does she Rishi? Saying, yeah, saying that it's too high um, and uh, and that it needs to lower. Um, he's been pulled up a bit this week for repeatedly using the term um, illegal immigration. Um, everybody's jumped on the back of the fact now that there's not really any such thing as illegal immigration um as such what? what 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 do you mean by that well in the sense that the people that are being called illegal immigrants are generally um coming over on boats um and yes they're they're not coming by an authorized means but they have the legal right to seek asylum in any country they so desire um whereas there's a rhetoric that they should seek it in France or Germany or yeah, but that isn't the law from. though. They can decide no, they, where they, they want to do yeah, it. Yeah, that's right. They, yeah, and um, and so he's been pulled up on that a little bit. But even so, um, we've got a figure of seven hundred thousand being. I thought that was. I didn't believe that. I had to check that out. I thought that was not true. Well, but the no, no, headlines no. give you the illusion that it's seven hundred thousand people coming in boats. Well, it's not um, seven hundred. That's not no, true no, at that's all. Not true. No, that's. Not true, but that's a deliberate illusion that's being given to people. But that's about 50,000 or something, isn't it? It's uh, yes. 40 yards, something like that. It's nowhere near that. But 700,000, I did actually look, I seen that and I thought that can't be right, you know. So I did check it out because I think I was in, wasn't it on the headline of a paper or something? It was on like one of the papers. It was on one of the papers, but yeah. I've but I was in Tesco's or something or and I seen it and I thought, nah, that's not true. But I did check it out and it is actually a legit figure, 700,000. Like, yeah. Yeah. But that's like more people than are born in Britain a year. Yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's a net figure as well, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah, because it's like half, net, half a million people leave, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So, but that is. So there's more people come into Britain than are actually born in Britain. Yeah. Every year. Well, last which year. Is, last which is year. quite remarkable, really. I think that's unprecedented, that, isn't it? But. The thing to factor in that is that we've got a pretty low birth rate at the moment. Well, we've had so, a low birth rate yeah. for it's uh, 1.6, I think, at the minute. Yeah. And you need 2.1 to um, to maintain the population. So it's been, it, but it's been low for 40 years. We haven't been, uh, we've been below replacement level for decades. Yeah, it's yeah. Not, but, and the same as the rest of the Western world. But we world. can't replace, can we? Because we're full. Well, well, and people can't afford it. What to have kids? People can't afford to have kids. Well, and 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 you know, the more people there are in the country, then the 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 more the services are stretched. So it's a kind of you saying it's like a vicious circle or something. I think it's a vicious circle of a a narrative that doesn't work. If anybody worked out, if they could afford to have children, we'd have no children. My dad said that to me. He said to me when um, because we had Andrew when I was still in theological college. Well, you've got to, haven't you? If you're young enough when you go to theology college, you've got to have one in theology college, one in curacy, yeah. and then I set that you're two, if, unless you can fit two in, in curacy. Oh, I did um, two but, like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the rules. Is it the rules? Yeah, that's what, what it seems to be, because the theology college I went to, <laughs> that was the pattern. Oh, right. Oh, right, yeah. Well, we were, yeah. Well, we weren't thinking about that, but uh, it was, yeah, so we, we had Andrew then, but it was kind of like, my dad said to me, he said, if you work it out on a piece of paper, 
you'll never do it because no, you can you never, never afford it. it. And he's right there. It. He's absolutely right. But if you work out how much kids cost and what you have to do, you you just never do it. No. You know, it's, well, you've got how many kids you got now? Oh, hundreds. Yeah. Well, sort of six. That's why the birth rate, need, you need more Daves. That's yeah, why but I, only, I only made two of them, so I don't really do my bit. Oh, right. Okay. You know, yeah, but you've um, got six, isn't it? But yeah, well, I, yeah, look after six. Yeah. I'm dad to six, but only two are biologically mine. Yeah. But that's, I suppose, but it's to do with how we see what we're meant to do as a as a country and as a people is that it's a very negative narrative around being, you know, a father, being a mother, having a family. You know, there's a lot of what they call anti-natalism around. Where, yeah. So they, and that's been around for a long time. And that leads to a shortage in the jobs market. Yeah. And a, 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 an imbalance between young and old. Yeah, yeah. Because you need young people to financially support old people through um, through the welfare system. Well, yeah, because uh, this is really weird, this is. My my mum, right, oh, this is a bit strange. My dad likes going to, like, auctions, right? It's like his hobby. It's... I thought you were going to say raves. No, no, no. My dad's got this thing where he goes to auctions, right? And what he go- he goes to, like, these, what, you know, you have the house cleared and stuff? And yeah. They, yeah, yeah. So he goes there and he just buys loads of rubbish to annoy my mother. Right, so he just buys like a kind of big box of books and things, right? right. Yeah, or all this junk china and all that. And he, he goes there about once every few months and buys all this rubbish, right? Yeah, in Abergavenny it is, right? And he bought this book called The British Way and Purpose. So if I can find it now. There the it is. There British it is. Way and Purpose. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. He bought it. My mother gave it to me, right? And what it is... Oh, I've seen that on your shelf before. It says BWP. Yeah, BWP. Oh, I thought it said BNP. <laughs> where <I was laughs> no, at. no, it doesn't. No, it's really interesting, right? It's, it's an anthology of the reports that were written to begin the welfare state. Oh, right. So it's written during the war, right, as the different reports which are put forward of how we would rebuild Britain after the war yeah. and how we'd have the welfare state. And there's a section in there that says... The welfare state can only exist if you have an increase in birth rate. Yeah. For what you've just said. Because yeah, absolutely. if you don't have enough kids, then you have too many old people and there's not enough young people paying for their pensions. Well, because the alternative is to put the tax rate up. Yeah. And nobody wants that. And it's really. unsustainable. Yeah. Because that's why in that, they said we have family allowance. You know, you have child benefit, yeah. right? So the reason they invented child benefit was to, to solve this problem. So people could always afford to have kids. Okay, so that's really strange. So, isn't it? so I don't know how much it is. Hundred and fifty quid we get for two kids. Y- yeah, but it used to be something along the lines of fifteen quid for the first and ten quid for the second. But that was a that's while a ago. Week, so it must is. be right, yeah. it must be about eighteen quid and thirteen quid. Yeah. I reckon now. Yeah, um, yeah. In which case, that's that's I I, I got to say that the kids cost more than that. Yeah, but I think in the beginning. Say sixty years ago, you would was have the had, word. You'd have no, a lot more. Beginning, <laughs> but you would have had more for it. But that was the idea behind it. It was in that book. That's really, I'll, yeah. Yeah, after that, it's really interesting. But I think getting back to the immigration thing is, how do we, how, how, how do we exist with that though? Because if you've got seven hundred seven hundred thousand extra people coming in, then that means we have to increase our infrastructure, our housing, all those sorts of other things. And unlike with birth, you've got 20 years to catch up, don't you? Do you know what I mean? You can plan it, can't you? Yeah. Yeah? So, like, if you build a school, right? So, if you build a school, they they have these big computer models that tell you how many people will need to go to school in five years and things like yeah. that. And then they try and... But that you can't do that with... Do, do you see what I mean? Yeah, well, I see what you mean. Um, but, but obviously, the... It's a really complex issue because at the moment we have shortages in our labour market. Um, we've got we've not got the people to fill those gaps in our labour market without without immigration. Um, so you have to get the right people in to do the right jobs. In a you know that was that was the plan, wasn't it? Was that you 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 be able to dictate your immigration policy in order that you could have an Australian style system that the people you're short of are the people that you recruit from wherever you recruit them from. Um, yeah, that's the idea. Know, yeah. That's the idea. But, but it doesn't always work like that because then they want to bring their families with them as well. Yeah, well I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that's wrong, 
but that's the reality of it. And therefore, you can't just have, you know, Joe Bloggs come from wherever and do the job you want him to do without bringing Jane Bloggs and, and, and the kids along. No. Um, and therefore, you need school places and you need, um, you need doctors and appointments and you need you roads know, and houses the others, yeah and all that stuff yeah yeah so we seem to be caught in a in a cycle of not having this right but the other thing is as well or is if if you bring in lots and lots of unskilled labor right yeah and this is what we've done for centuries this isn't a new thing so like if you think about who built the canals in britain right yeah it's the irish navvies isn't it yeah right so because ireland went to the floor because of the potato famine in the eighteen forties, right? Yeah, they all came to UK and America and all these other places, and because there was so much labour available, then they could pay the workers next to nothing. So the reason that they they did that is so they could pay them. It say if yeah. you worked in a mine in Aberdeen in eighteen fifty, there's so many people around that if you lost your job, it didn't matter. Like my. Um, great grandfather, great great grandfather, was sacked for saving a man's life. Right? I don't know if it's true. This kind of family story, right? I think yeah. that's an urban legend. No, that? no, yeah. no, no. Seriously, right? So, what well, he was—he was a pit pony guy, right? And he had the pit pony. He was going through the pit, and this guy came around the corner. So he pulled the horse into the side of the pit and killed the horse, but he saved the man, right? And he got the sack. And do you know what the boss said? Boss said. I can get another man, but I have to buy another horse. Yeah. But he could only do that because he had. A, well, yeah, I think yeah. I've read that same story in, in in a in what used to be the pit pony in in um, Eastern. Um, so yeah. Oh, right, it's an urban a, legend. Yeah. Isn't I, it? yeah. Oh. Uh, maybe that story was about your great great grandfather. I don't know. It could have been, but he wasn't in Eastern. Though. No, but, I know, but stories travel, don't they? Yeah, but that's the idea. With, isn't you it? know, with the migrants that came from Wales. That's right. Well, yeah. I am a migrant. I'm an economic migrant. Yeah, well, the root of my family is as well. Because, but this is the thing that worries me, because I've been to Aberdeen a fair bit, moving my father-in-law. And even if you go there now, there's so many older people there, and a lot of the young people have left because there's no opportunities. And that's what's happening in Lithuania, Latvia, Poland... You know, yeah. it's not good, is it? No, it's not good. And, and you know, we get the story about there's loads and loads of Albanians coming here um, by by whatever route they come here. And um, and that's the story there as well. There's no, there's not, there's not a, a hope, a future. There's not anything to look forward to. And they're lured by um, the adverts that we've got labour shortages in Britain and they can come and fill the jobs and there's loads of jobs for them. Well, that's why I, um, that's why that's I left the Valleys. Out. That's why I went yeah. to university, yeah. Because there was more, there was no jobs there, so I better go over here. Well, you went to university because you had ideas above your station. <laughs> I went to university because somebody said that if you go to university, you get cheap beer and you get you don't have to live with your mum, but you can live in a flat and have lots of fun. That's uh, why I went to university. Right. It was yeah. nothing to do with career prospects. No, was, no, okay, fair it enough. It was purely. You can go to a place where there's no mum and dad. You can have lots of fun and uh, drink lots of beer. Yeah. And there's going to be loads of girls there. So that's what sold it to me. Yeah. yeah. But, but do you think that we that we diminish the future of the nations that we take the migrants from then? Yeah. If if they're because they, they they're not given they're not giving their home place the opportunity to grow and develop because we. I think we certainly do that with doctors and things like that. Yeah. I think that, you know, is one more doctor in the UK, and nobody talks about this, is one more doctor in the UK is one less doctor in Mali or, yeah. you know what I mean? And it costs a lot of money to train doctors and nurses and midwives and all these other things. Huge investment. And you've got these countries where they can't afford to invest in training as much as we can. And then as soon as they train up all these people, we just pinch them. And that's just the medical. But you could see it for engineers. You can see it from... So it's a different yeah. thing, isn't it? Well, that's meant to be the driver behind our our doctor shortage at the moment, isn't it? Is that actually we've sent more doctors to Australia and New Zealand for whatever reason um, than, than, we've, than we've managed to get from other countries. And we just don't train enough anyway. Well, yeah. And we, pay, we don't pay as much. No, but well, you can earn a lot more in, in exactly the southern hemisphere, and the sun shines more regularly. And exactly, you know, there's 
And and I think as well, if I think back to when I was in my previous patch, which was more rural, is I remember saying to somebody, I said, hell, I was helping him get a CV together, right? And so he'd done his CV and that, and he was going to apply for these jobs. And he says, oh, I really hope I don't get this job. And I was like, why? And he said, well, if I get this job, right? And he went through all the different benefits he'd lose, right? Yeah. And he said, if I get this job, it wasn't the pay was low. It was because it was zero hours. And he yeah. said, I'll work there for a few months, right? And then they'll sack me, and then I'll be down the food bank. Yeah. So the only way he felt as though he could get a guaranteed income was through um, benefits, and that can't be right. That's so demoralizing for him. Yeah. So he's 27, 28, and he knows that if he works and he provides for his family and he does these different things, all these things that raise your uh, self-esteem, raise who you are as a person, you're confined to being dependent for the rest of your life. That's got to be soul-destroying, isn't it? Yeah, I, I would imagine so. Um, I, I, and it's a rut, isn't it? You get stuck in that rut and it becomes cultural i think yeah well that's the story of where i'm from yeah yeah but i think f- from a christian it's not the story of where i'm from because um because i'm from fish ponds and that's now gentrified oh it's gone posh is it it's gone posh it's, every other shop is a coffee shop that sells <laughs> coffee and cake that is is uh i always wanted Aberdeer to be gentrified that'd be really funny yeah <laughs> Maybe, maybe one day. <laughs> maybe one day, that would be really good. Maybe one day. But I think maybe what we're saying, thinking about this, to, to finish off, from a, especially from a Christian perspective, is it's incredibly complex and it's really tempting to jump onto a really simplistic narrative, um, which we're being handed all the time. So anybody who questions immigration is a racist or... Anybody who's in favour of it is like xenophobic. Know, generally, is yeah, the term that, that's xenophobic used. is it? Uh, yeah. So it, it, it's it's really difficult, actually. But I think compassion isn't actually a simple thing. No, no. Ethics and compassion are very complicated issues, um, and I think that um, I, I think it it it's about looking at it from more than just our own perspective but in some ways is is are we really successful if our success is at the cost of others yeah um and i think that's what we don't look at in the wider scheme Mm. okay so next we're going to be talking about uh the ascension because it was ascension day yesterday holy day of obligation holy day of obligation yeah so we'll be chatting about that in a minute So thanks for listening to, let's say, watching then. Watching, thanks, yeah. watching, yeah. Well, not not quite yet. Thanks for listening to those Vicar Blokes. Um, don't forget to subscribe and to give us a rating. So if you're watching us or if you're listening to us on any of these different things, you'll be able to subscribe, give us a rating, share it with your mates, tell your mates, talk about it. You know, keep on going, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, and Dave, just to say so, what so, is so? What is the ascension? Well, that's when um, that's when the Bible tells us that Jesus um, left the earth and disappeared into the sky in a in a light in front of the disciples from the top of the mountain, um, and off off he went. So, what's the timeline with this? Let's do Jesus's oh, life in the timeline. I did this yeah? in school assembly yesterday. Did you? I did. I got the kids to tell me the 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 timeline right so what's the beginning of the timeline okay well where i started with them was goodbye so i didn't start all the way back at at jesus birth narrative right i picked up from um maundy thursday right okay because it was a good place to fit for the assembly um so jesus says goodbye right at the last supper yeah and i and, and i taught them that goodbye is from a contraction of god be with you which I didn't know. Oh, I didn't um, know that. So, yeah, that's where it comes from. That's the etymology of the word goodbye. That's a big word it's for you. God be with you. I know. Susie Dent taught me it. 
on Countdown. <laughs> Susie Dent? Who's oh, Susie Dent? She's the woman in Dictionary Corner on Countdown. Countdown. So I'm uh, supposed no. to be the nerd. You I can't don't... watch Countdown. You only watch it for that woman. What's she called? No, I don't watch it. Carol for... Vorderman. She's not been on it for years. Who's the one it's on it? It's Rachel then? Riley now. Oh, right. And, yeah. she, and I share a birthday with her. Oh, right. right. So you, you basically watch Countdown. To pretend that you you no, no, I watch Countdown to challenge myself with the with the words and the numbers. I don't believe it. Yeah, that's what I watch it for. Anyway, so you're saying about the entomology of goodbye. Entomology yeah. of goodbye. God right. be with you. Yeah. So at the Last Supper, Jesus says, "God be with you," and the next day he, he died on the cross for our sins. Right. Okay. So then, like, then he, there's the resurrection, and then there's the, the appearances post resurrection. Um, but then we reach the point where Jesus says, God be with you again. Takes him up the mountain, says, God be with you. Goodbye. Um, I, I'm I'm leaving him off. There's the timeline. Right. Okay. But does he just say goodbye or does he do anything else? As no, well? he promises them the Holy Spirit. Right. He promises them that God will be with you. Right. See, that's where the goodbye bit comes in. It wasn't just random. All oh, right. Okay. I do structure my school assemblies <laughs> in a way that makes sense to me. <laughs> well, fair, fair enough, then, yeah. Okay, so so he says goodbye. What? Uh, yeah, okay, so I would start it, mind, with. I'd probably start the timeline a bit sooner with that. Would you? Yeah. In a 15 minute assembly? But Not yeah, in a 15 right, minute assembly, no, but I think yeah. I'd start it with. I'd start it with the angel coming to see Mary and asking her if she's willing to have uh, God's son born inside. Yeah, yeah. So I'd start it with. Advent, really, yeah, where we're in Advent, we're getting ready for Christmas, aren't we? Yeah. So, beginning of the year, the church's year is Advent, where we're getting ready for Christmas, and at Christmas, Jesus is born into the world. Yeah. And that's done through the Holy Spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Because it's the virgin birth. Yeah, absolutely, right? yeah. So, Mary says yes, Jesus is born inside her, and then he's born into the world, isn't it? Yeah. And then you pick it up then all the way through Jesus' ministry and all of that, and then it comes to the ascension, which is kind of like the end, but not really the end, is it? Well, it's it's the new beginning in lots of ways. Yeah. It's it's the bit where we're promised the Holy Spirit. Oh, I don't want to trespass on Pentecost, because you might have to do that while I'm while I'm away. Oh, yeah, that's um, true. Yeah, so, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, you don't want to trespass that. too much on Pentecost. Right, okay. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's the promise that that will happen. Yeah, we'll say a bit more. So there's a thing at the moment called Thy Kingdom Come, isn't it? Which is yeah. the time between uh, Ascension and Pentecost. And how long's that period? Uh, it's about 10 days. It's not about 10 days. It is 10, 10 days. days. Sorry, yeah, it's 10 days. <laughs> Ascension <laughs> is 40 days after <laughs> resurrection and Pentecost is 50. Okay, that's what it's called, Pent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it ends 50, isn't it? Yeah, that's right, yeah. I really thought you would have known that. I did know that. You didn't know I that. I did know that. Ah, oh, learn something new every day. That's two things I've taught you today. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, that's right. So, but in this period, um, what we're doing for Thy Kingdom Come is... We're calling Jesus to be with us in the same way as the Holy Spirit came to be with Mary. So, what I mean is, is in the Annunciation, the angel says to Mary, um, do you want Jesus to be born inside you? And she says yes, right? And that's exactly what happens at Pentecost. So in this time, we are praying for the Holy Spirit to be born inside us so we yeah. can become like Jesus. So we become like Mary, really. Do you see what I mean? So it's like, well, I yeah, see it's, what you mean. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the Annunciation again, where we're asked if Jesus is, we want Jesus to be born inside so us. So it's the Annunciation to Everybody. followers of Christ, as opposed to just the Annunciation of Mary. Yeah, so rather than having one Jesus in the world, right? Jesus is born into the world as one man. At Pentecost, we are transformed into Jesus as much as we can be, so we can be millions of Jesuses to go and transform the world. That's the point. Well, I see that, and I get that, but but we still have that free will, that free element, Yeah. even beyond the, the, the point of Pentecost, whereas once Mary was pregnant, Mary was pregnant. 
Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so that's... Well, but it's still her free will that she said yes to God, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't dispute that. And that's the same dynamic, is that Mary says yes to God and Jesus born inside her. She said yes to God, but she didn't have the opportunity to say, but not not, not today, thanks. Yeah, exactly. Whereas, you know, sometimes we can oh, yeah, we pick do. and choose when we allow that holy spirit to dwell in us yeah exactly so it's not just a one-off like it is with mary it's actually i'm sure mary said no to god well she did you see that in the gospel don't you where she sort of says oh um jesus got mad i'm gonna take him home now i've had enough of him and she takes him home doesn't she because she tries to take him home and, and jesus says get lost I'm going to carry on with my ministry. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, she, she comes to, yeah. You're on about the Mark 6. Yeah. These are my brothers, these are my sisters. That's it. That, so, that bit. So I Mary wondered does... what on earth, which, which passage you were referring well, to. Well, it's a kind of valley, I... valley man version of, yeah, of, a, uh, yeah. of Mary, really. She yeah, comes, yeah. comes to get her boy and says, have another for you now, come on. Off yeah, you yeah. So um, that's Pentecost, I suppose. But what about the Ascension? What does the Ascension mean? Just getting ready for Pentecost, which is next week. What does the Ascension mean? Well, the Ascension is the is the essential part that that Jesus could that needed to return. This is this is Jesus being brought home, right? Um, you know, because because that's what enables the power for everybody to to fulfil what he's done i mean when we look in the timeline we see that what happened with the disciples when jesus left the first time um and had been resurrected is that they went and they hid in a room mm. and that, that makes them pretty much no good to man or beast and in fact even after the ascension what we see is that they go home and they hide in a room until the day of pentecost so it's only it's only through the ascension that the rest of us are enabled in in our being Christ-like, so it's actually a kind of it's a preview in a sense, in that sense, to it's it's what's got to happen in order for the Holy Spirit to come at Pentecost. So it's that line in Saint John's Gospel, isn't it? It's to your advantage that I go away. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. But what about what does it say to us? What's the promise to us in the Ascension? Well, the promise to us is that 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 we'll follow Jesus and 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 um live out eternity um in 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 the eternal kingdom so it's the same as the resurrection the sense is that it's the end of the resurrection where we are risen from the we rise from the dead yeah right and then we then will also ascend as well to be part yeah. of to be caught up in the trinity yeah i think it's something to do with not being zombie state not being a zombie not being zombie state <laughs> Say a bit more about that. That sounds well, like, it's not just, like the Walking Dead or something. No, absolutely. It's it's is that we that we won't be like the Walking Dead, but we'll have full life and eternity. Not not. So it's you see not, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. So what you're saying is, is that with a zombie like in Walking Dead, they rise and they just wander around. I've never stuff. seen Walking Dead. All right, well, a zombie film. I've, yeah. It came You've up, never seen it, Walking it Dead. It came up as an advert on my. You could have to watch it on my thing the other day, and then I realised that there was like some like thirteen series of it. You could have to watch. Uh, and Walking I was like, Dead, no, man. that is not happening. I, I don't have time. You said I had to watch Breaking Bad, and I am <laughs> now on episode eleven of series five. Flipping heck! So it I've took me gone, about a year to get yeah, through I've Breaking through Bad. A, a, a rate, you know, I've hit that at a rate or not. You've binged it, haven't you? Well, yeah, well, I haven't had time to binge anything else. Okay, well, that. in the zombies, right, in the, so you're saying about zombies is that they kind of wander around, but they're not actually resurrected. What they are is resuscitated, in a sense. They're not changed. And yeah. in our resurrection, is Jesus is different after the resurrection to what he was before. Yeah. So in our resurrection... We'll be who we are, but we'll be redeemed. Yeah. So we'll be different to what we are now. We'll be the redeemed version of ourselves. We won't be subject to decay. Yeah, I think I'm going to be taller and slimmer. Do you reckon? You'll yeah, get down the gym, so. innit? That's the thing. I know, get down the gym. Get down the gym. No. Ah, oh, get off the vending machine. 
But yeah, so it'd be that. Yeah, you know. We never told anyone, did we? Oh no, no. <laughs> when I was on my holiday the other week, I took a picture of the gym door of the campsite I was staying in. And I never went through the door. And then in the in the laundrette bit, there was a vending machine. So I took took a picture of that and sent it to you from my holiday, didn't I? It's your it favorite like a, machine, like a video postcard. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the vid- your favorite machine in the gym is the vending machine. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but I think. I think what we're trying to say really is that we'll be transformed, but not so much we'll be physically transformed, but not into kind of like, I don't know, some buff guy or whatever. Oh, what? No, I don't think that's important. (sighs) No, I think we'll just... Well, I don't think it's important either, but you know. Yeah, but I think it's to do with, it's to do with we won't be subject to decay and we'll be transformed into who we were created to be. So all our sin, all our rubbish, all our bad choices will be gone. Yeah. And we become who we were born to be. Yeah. And in our life now, we can get a pale shadow of that in making good choices and saying yes to God. We can become a little bit like that. But in the final ascension, we are caught up in the love of God totally. So... There's that you said here, team meeting, didn't you? Where that bit where it's not like Jesus ascends into a cloud, a light comes. What what's that word now? Oh, it was Norma gave it to us. Didn't yeah, she? what did she say? Shekinah glory. Shekinah glory. Now what yeah, is that? I, I thought it was I, really good. I've not heard of it until she said it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's I forget I forget exactly what it was. How she described it. It was to do, I think, with the light that's so intense that you couldn't actually see past it. Yeah. How is it? And you're caught up in the glory of God. Yeah. It's at the end of the Divine Comedy, Dante's Divine Comedy, where he meets God, and it's basically a light that consumes everything, and he's caught up in the mystery yeah. of God. Oh, and we kind of see that, don't we, in um, in in the narrative of Moses getting the commandments, where where there's the the bright light that you can't see and when he comes down he's so suntanned people can't look at him that's it um and we see that at the transfiguration that's it um where where's the bright light and it takes rise that's it we see that elijah and elisha which of course is we we the bible tells us that elijah had ascended that's it in his um, chariot the fire yeah yeah and, and and it tells us that moses went up the mountain and then disappeared that's and it. to this day his body has never been found that's what the bible tells us and that's why he comes back those two come back yeah. in the, yeah, the transfiguration. Uh, transfiguration yeah yeah because they're the previous ascenders so re- so really then the thing with the ascension i didn't understand it when i was a kid i thought it was a bit of a sad thing that jesus had left and i thought oh that's no good but, Okay, here's something that might be completely heretical. All right, so I've is, got my heresy alarm. Is is the resurrection, the the escape from hell? Okay, yeah. Bear with me here, and the ascension, the opening of the gates of heaven. Yes, that's very orthodox. Okay. That's Greek orthodox. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because okay. it's that there's that wonderful picture. Oh, there's me thinking it was original thought. No, no, no. It's that original picture of the harrowing of hell where um so the idea is that Jesus dies, descends into the place of the dead, Sheol, isn't it? Yeah. Finds the captives there who are all imprisoned, right? Yeah. And takes them by the hand and then leads them to heaven. So there's that wonderful picture where Jesus is holding Adam and Eve's hands and raising them up out of oh, the right, tombs. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I'll put the picture in the show notes so you can see it. But I love it, really, that one. And I think what the ascension is, you're right, is the resurrection is showing that death is being defeated. Yeah. And then the, the ascension is actually showing us our final destiny of being caught up in the love of God. Yeah. So it is actually the epic cross. So the reason it's a celebration is that we're celebrating that we will join Jesus in the ascension to be with God for all eternity. Right. So I, I always think of this thing where, you know, when I'm dead, Jesus will be in a jail sort of thing, I suppose, in that sort of sense, the place of the dead. And Jesus comes to find me in my death, just like he comes to find me in my life and says to me, Come on, Howell, would you like to come to heaven with me? And I say, all right then. All right, now in a minute. Now in a minute, yeah. Come in now in a minute. And actually, probably I say to him, is that 
I'll go with him as long as he's not coming because I can't stand him. Yeah. And then okay. Jesus says, "All right, don't point at me as you say it." Yeah, I'm not going, <laughs> I'm not going if Dave's coming. Yeah, I, that's my joke. Is that um, heaven's like the Christmas do in it, where yeah. people go, "Oh, well, I'm only going if he's going." Yeah, absolutely. Yeah? And then basically, Jesus takes us by the hand in our resurrection, and then leads us towards that infinite. What's that shark? What's it called? Shekinah glory leads us towards the Shekinah glory for all eternity. Yeah, so that's what we celebrate: is that it's not that Jesus is ascended, is that we too will ascend. Yeah, so it is. It is like a wonderful thing. So if you have any other questions about it, uh, please let us know, and uh, we'll we'll do our best to answer it uh, as we go along with the podcast. In the next bit, we'll be talking about blue lights, isn't it? Blue lights, yeah. The, that one of your cop shows. We've had them on suspense for weeks for blue lights, haven't we? But yeah, well, you know. Now we're going to talk about we'll it. We'll get on to it. The cop show. You're listening to Those Vicar Blokes. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate us, subscribe, follow us, ask your smart speaker. Um, so as you can join us each and every week as we bring you the latest news, we talk about something um, with a religious gospel seasonal aspect. So like that. And we talk about cop shows or cartoons. Um, not <laughs> always, cop- but sometimes. We have to get some more cartoons for Dave. So I picked a <laughs> so, so, so 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 so. So I picked a cop show for us to watch because that's, that's what I always pick. Yeah, that's, a, that's unusual. Yeah, but this one is. was a cop show with a difference, wasn't it? So yeah. tell us, tell us about Blue Lights. Well, Blue Lights is a cop show uh, set in uh, Northern Ireland in now, basically. Yeah, and it goes. It's basically looking at the relationship between the police now and organised crime. And organised crime seems to be the kind of leftovers of the paramilitary organisations from the Troubles. And it sort of walks this line where you have some new police officers, because a few of the new cops are kind of a bit green yeah. and they're a bit idealistic, aren't they? Yeah. And they think, oh, we need to prosecute these crimes. And then the older ones are there going like, no, nah, you shouldn't be prosecuting those crimes because... They're the organised crime people and don't don't do that. Yeah. You know, don't get involved in it. Well, they know what what trouble it is. Yeah, yeah. So they basically they're drug dealers, aren't they? The organised crime people. Yeah, aren't they? yeah. And there's a guy who gets kneecapped, doesn't he? Because he he sells drugs out of his patch. Doesn't yeah, he? and he and it's done by appointment, which is yeah. rather disturbing. Um, but I thought I thought for me it was it was a kind of regular kind of cop show, cop show, right? But I think the sectarian element of it was quite interesting because that was still there, even though the Troubles ended officially in, was it about 1998, wasn't it, the Good Friday Agreement? It's a long time now, isn't it? It is a long time. I think the other thing for me was actually, in the show, there there was nobody who was on the side of the police. They were absolutely the enemy to everyone. Yeah, because the organised crime people obviously were against them, but the community was against them as well, yeah. weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't pick that up actually. Yeah, you're right, actually. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah. it was it was a real distrust and a real hatred of of um law and order. Um So why do you think that is then, from over there? Why do you think that is? Well, I think it it's a historical distrust due to to the fact that they're uh, there were issues with with violence and killings and all the rest of it that were that the police were heavily associated with. So really, they're kind of caught in the middle because on one side you have the loyalists or the the yeah the loyalists who hate them because they're not the RUC anymore. Yeah, and then you've got the Catholics or the the Republicans on the other side who hate them because they hate them because yeah. they they think that they are still the yeah. RUC. Yeah. But now they're the police force of Northern Ireland or something. Yeah. They? Yeah. That's it. So that's part of the Good Friday Agreement, isn't it? Yeah. You know. So why do you think people end up sectarianized like that? I don't really know. I just think that there's a that there's not an, an energy or an enthusiasm 
to seek real peace. But it is a bit of a miracle that they did end up... Uh, if you'd asked somebody like 50 years ago, would Martin McGuinness and um, Ian Paisley ever share power? I know it's not perfect and it's far from perfect, but they did, at least for a while, share power together, didn't they? Yeah. And nobody would have uh, believed uh, that would be possible. Uh, and now it seems not possible again. Yeah. You know, we've... we've, we've I don't know, we haven't come full circle because th- thankfully... Um, praise God, the violence hasn't returned um, as it was before. But there's there's a, there's an inner, there's an inability to to actually work collaboratively again, which makes it feel almost like it wasn't solid enough. Hmm. Yeah, but I think you can see that though in the in the program, the Blue Lights, where they go into different communities, don't they? So they go into the Republican community, and there's loads of Irish flags around and yeah. things like that. Then they go into the Catholic, uh, the you know the other parts of Belfast or whatever, and there's you know all sorts of Union Jacks everywhere and all yeah. that sort of thing. So because my dad went, he went on this cruise, right? He's always on cruises. He went on this cruise, and they went to Belfast. He went on a tour of the city, and yeah. he said they've still got those peace lines, you know, where yeah. they go into different sections and stuff like that and he couldn't he couldn't get yeah. over it. Yeah. Of course there was I don't know if you got all the way to the end of the series. No. no um, and I don't yet, want to no. spoil it for everybody, but um there's a very much uh, a, a corruption in the police that Oh I didn't see that one come in. That that um that puts these areas as double out of bounds. Um and basically it's because uh they they want the crime to go undetected for a while so they don't let the police in. Oh well, I but, you, know. you know, as it was a kind of BBC cop drama, the fact that the police were corrupt and somebody was corrupt in it is not. It's not well, really that unusual. It, it is brings it? us you know. round to an interesting question, though, because we started with why do we think people don't trust the police? And right. maybe it's because every BBC cop drama shows us how corrupt the police are, and maybe that's not as that's not maybe that's not as strong a reality as. As we're led to believe, I think that's, I think there's a lot of truth in that. Actually, yeah, is it, it? That's why I probably don't like cop dramas that much because they are very similar. Do you know what yeah. I mean? It's a bit like what's well, they're all a bit kind of B Tech, um, called a du- line of duty, in it. You're having to go at B Techs again. You oh, need to, sorry. You need to stop that expression, <laughs> you educational snob. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, but the other line of duty that was a, uh, that was duly kind of, rebuked. Duly rebuked. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So we had uh, line of duty, didn't we? And then after that, we've had loads of different cop shows. Yeah. All, it's a bit like Twenty Four. Do you remember Twenty Four with Keith Sutherland? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every single season, there would be somebody who worked for CTU who was a who was a spy. Yeah. So you just in the end you were just waiting for it. Yeah. So do you? So do you think then that? that actually does affect how we see the police, that we've lost trust in the police. I think that um, we get lots of headlines of the police being criticised. Um, we see that, uh, and I know we didn't cover it in the news section, but we see that post-coronation with the um, with the arrest of the protesters before they even got to protest and oh, yeah, an yeah. apology having to be issued because it was... They were detained for hours and hours, um, actually illegally. Yeah, that um, was dodgy. That you was. know, so that so there are issues there. We get reports of 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 police officers, you know, being proper wrongans, um, and and it and it it gives the illusion that then that's more widespread than perhaps it is. But well, we had an episode on bad cops, didn't we? Yeah, we, we did. Yeah, but, but I think I think though. That's the problem with all our institutions, in a sense, is not so much how the institutions are, but how the institutions are perceived. Yeah. Because I think there's this willingness within the new elite to corrode institutions and to say that these institutions are rubbish. I think that's been going on for a long time. So me and you know that... If somebody in the church does something wrong, it'll be all over the papers. Yeah. Yeah. And it'll be the same for other groups that the new elites don't like, and the police are part of that. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's quite insidious. It's, it's like politicians, you know. 
I'm sure there are some good politicians out there, but the narrative we're always fed day in, day out is every politician is corrupt. And that's quite despairing, isn't it? Yeah. You can't trust anybody. You can't trust anything. You can't. And that's, that's actually quite evil, I think. It's just anti-human. Well, it? the thing is, good and evil exist in all parts of society. Um, and therefore, there there will be some level of evil in every institution. Yeah, that you know, because we're all fallen. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, and and news works in, in the way that we only hear the bad stuff. Mm. Um, and therefore it it seems as though it's hundred percent bad when in reality it's probably. That's why I don't watch the news. You know. Yeah, yeah, but I think though it's to do with how we've. Maybe I'll finish with this because I think it's something we need to think about, really. But I think we've changed the way fundamentally we see human human beings. Is from a Christian perspective, we understand human beings as people who have the potential to be great and good. Yeah. But also, we understand sin is a reality, so therefore it can corrupt us all. So all of us are in danger of being corrupted. So we say, they go I, but by the grace of yeah. God. So that's and a I, fundamental I, I, Christian concept. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, and I think if we draw it back to blue lights, yeah, what we've come is full circle because what we get is the impression that everybody in Belfast hates the police. Yeah, and that's probably not true. That's not no. It's just good telly. Yeah, that's right. Because I think what we've got now is that story of humanity is basically saying. Some people are good, or people like me, yeah. and people I don't like are bad. Yeah, and that's and I think once you get rid of the idea of original sin, that's exactly where you end up. You end up in a really judgmental, segregated, nasty place where you have good people and bad people, and the bad people are people I don't like. We're going to have to talk about original sin at some point in the future. Yeah, we will. Okay, so we'll we'll finish it there. Um, I will talk about that later on and I'll see if I can get Dave uh, not to be heretical about his views on original sin so we'll deal with him later Um, next time we'll be talking about Pentecost which is next week and the news how long is Pentecost after Ascension? 10 days 10 days yeah Yeah, thank you and uh, we'll, we'll deal with it from there basically isn't it okay so hope everyone has a good week and uh, we'll see you next time ta-da Thank you.